0: Hey y'all it's Mackenzie and I'm back at ya with episode 15 of Just Mackenzie Things and right now I'm fixing my hair because I'm about to go teach school um y'all know that I'm a third grade teacher so I usually just like to get up and fix my hair get all cute that's just something I like doing so that's what I'm doing right now um but yeah that's what I'm doing And today, uh, I'm going to be talking about being a female entrepreneur. So, if you are a female entrepreneur or you are desiring to be an entrepreneur, this is the podcast for you. If you have absolutely no interest or inkling in entrepreneurship, um, I wouldn't even waste your time. I'm just going to be honest. I wouldn't even sit on and listen. But, like, if you want to be an entrepreneur, um, listen to this podcast. So, I'm going to talk a little bit about... When I knew I was an entrepreneur, um, how I became one, and what I do now, sort of in this field of entrepreneurship. So honestly, everybody has their own opinion about being an entrepreneur, but I think you're either born with this skill set and you just understand. It's basically like you either got it or you don't. Um, I think a lot of it is environmental as well. Uh, for me, my dad is a full-time entrepreneur. He owns his own business and that is his full income. And so I think growing up watching him, that's how I developed the skill set. Sometimes I do wonder if he was not my dad and let's say, or if my dad just worked a corporate job or just worked for somebody else, if I would acquire that skill set, I sometimes I don't know, but I honestly think I got it because of watching my dad as I was growing up and being raised by somebody that was very financially adept, understood business, and ran his own business. Um, really, my entrepreneurship tendencies probably started coming out around the age of eight. So, uh, nine fourth grade is nine years old. So when I was in fourth grade. I used to go rent the library books from the public library out in the public and I would sell them at school. So I started this store in my classroom and I, I did get in trouble, but my teacher told my mom, she said, you know, this is really cute and great that Mackenzie's doing this and she's trying to make money, but she can't do this at school. And my mom was so embarrassed because my mom said, we don't need any money. She's just doing this because she wants to. And so that was kind of when I knew, or I didn't know what it was at the time, but I I always had a business money-making mind. Um, when I made lemonade stands when I was little, you know how most people, they just have the jar and then they take the money and they just put it in the jar and they think they made that money. Well, for me... I understood and I knew the difference between revenues and expenses. So as a nine-year-old girl, I was writing down on my lemonade stand in the notebook. I was putting revenues, expenses, profit. And I did spell profit wrong. I spelled it P-R-O-P-H-E-T, hashtag Jesus Church Girl. Um, But I understood and I kind of knew what I was doing and I knew how to make money. So as I got older, these random tendencies kind of expanded. And so, uh, probably around like the age of twelve, that's when I started getting into this wholesale retail mindset. So I would buy things on this uh, Chinese wholesale website for like ten cents a pop, and I'd ship it back to America and sell these things to my friends for like ten dollars so some people could say i was jipping my friends but we also do live in a capitalist society so <laughs> we'll just say it was capitalism at its finest um i was selling things like chargers uh wallets purses and i had a whole instagram i think it was called mckenzie stuff or something and i just sold it all on there when i was in junior high um So yeah, it just, it started getting more and more and more the older I got, um, by high school, I was in this, uh, program at more Norman tech called entrepreneurship. I spent half of my day there and honestly being a part of that was so amazing because, um, I was only surrounded by entrepreneur, excuse me, entrepreneurs, for half of the day because for me I was sitting at high school and I felt like my talents were just getting sucked away and I just didn't feel like I was fully expressing my true essence I guess and so having that outlet for half the day was so incredible because it was so much more relatable to know that there was other people like me especially at my age because I loved my friends, like my friend group growing up in junior high and high school, but it it was just like a different type of friendship to know that I could go for three hours a day and talk about business and building business ideas with people my age because I just hadn't found something like that before. Um, so then in high school I just kept doing dance privates, making money off of that, um, selling things still on just McKinsey stuff. I think me and my good friend in the entrepreneurship class, we started a little hat business because we went to this big conference in Florida and everybody was wearing these cute hats. So we were like, we got to sell these hats. Um, So yeah, it just got more and more and more. Um, I'm almost done with like what I do with it. So now I can explain how you can do it um, or if you want to do it. But uh, as of now, uh, I do own two sole proprietorships. Um and I can talk a little bit about in another podcast the difference between a sole proprietorship and an LLC. Um but basically my two businesses the income streams through me and is taxed on me, so it's not a separate entity. It's basically just a part of me, Mackenzie Fox, uh which is kind of interesting, but I do own two sole proprietorships, uh Level Up All Stars and Foxy Tans, and Those are so much of my essence too because I've always loved to get spray tan and I love dancing. That's what I've done my whole life. And so, um, they kind of operate a little bit differently. Level Up is definitely a bigger, uh, money maker because I have a consistent program and consistent, uh, streams of income coming in monthly, uh, because people pay dues, people pay costume. Um merchandise. So that one's a little more consistent in what I know that's gonna come in. Um and then Foxy Tans. Um Foxy Tans has honestly had a journey because I started off I found like Bill Jobs or what's his name? Steve Jobs, where I was in my apartment doing it because I think he was in his garage when he started his. But I was in my apartment in college giving spray tans, and God love my roommate Gabby, she's so funny. She lived there while I had probably like 30 clients a week. So we just had it set up in the living room and I would give her like half off spray tans. I'm like, Gabby, whenever you want a spray tan, just let me know. Um, And people would just come into my apartment and get spray tans all week long. Uh, Did my RA ever say anything? No. I mean, but it smelled like a hot box spray tan in there all the time. And then uh, when I graduated college, I just did them out of my house in the garage And then God did the craziest thing because I secured a sponsorship with the Miss America's Outstanding Teen uh, organization. And I honestly didn't, this was completely unexpected. I didn't um, seek out this opportunity. It kind of just came to me. And so then once the pageant girls started coming, I was like, I can't keep doing these in my garage. That's so ratchet. And so I moved into a salon. Um... The salon closed within four months of me being there. So now I am in a dance studio that my sorority sister owns uh, that I used to teach at. So Foxy Tans has basically traveled the world. Um, But that income's a little bit different. uh, And it's definitely not consistent. I can't really predict each week how much I'm going to make. It really just depends on the demand. um, Because not everybody needs a spray tan, even though I think everybody does. But it just really depends on what's going on. It's kind of more of a niche uh, business. Um, But yeah, so now I'm going to kind of talk about how you can become a female entrepreneur or just an entrepreneur if you're a guy listening to this. um, And just kind of some of the ups and downs, okay? So first off, when you own a business, it has to be something you want to do. So for me... I would never open up like a soccer company. Okay. So like you can have a great idea, but if it's really not reflective of you as a person and you, especially if you don't have, um, extended employees in your business and you don't hire out people, it has to match your essence because you're running the ship. Okay. So really for me with level up and Foxy's hands, definitely foxy tans. It's just me. Like I do the spray tans. I do the marketing. I do the finances. Um, and then Ira, my studio owner, she, I just basically, she's my extended person. Cause I just run it out of there. But aside from that, like the marketing, the finances, the spray tanning, the everything falls on me. Okay. So if I didn't like doing it or at least I mean, do I love it every day? No. But do we love doing anything every day? Probably not. Um, But since it all falls back on me, if I don't somewhat halfway enjoy it, and if you don't halfway enjoy your business idea, it's not going to go well for you because um, you're the one doing it and you're just going to be miserable. And even if you make the money, you're not going to like it. So that's when you really have to think like, do I like this business idea? Is this something that matches me as a person, um, can I do this all the time? Um, so for me, like even with Foxy Tans, like my essence with it has changed because honestly the market has changed. Like when I was in college, I was doing all college girls cause I was on campus and all of my competitive dancers, but I've taken a huge step out of the college world. Um, cause I'm not in college anymore. And I don't do studio dance anymore. So, really, I lost that clientele um, because I'm not conveniently located. And I'm just not also not around all those people all the time to say, get a spray tan, get a spray tan. Because that's what I used to do. Um, and so, now, uh, it's just way different. And you have to just make sure that you can enjoy it and do it. So, I, with spray tans, would I enjoy doing that five hours a day? Absolutely not. So I keep that, I kind of make my own schedule with that. And that's what's also good about being an entrepreneur, uh, especially if it's not your full fledged income, is you can kind of make your own schedule with it. So with spray tans, I just do some maybe after school from like five to six on certain days, okay, because then I want to go home, do my thing, hang out with myself, read a book, take a bath, do all that jazz. Um, So... You got to make sure you like doing it, um, or at least spread it out enough to sustain it. Um, that's how I felt with spray tunes. I was doing a lot my first year, uh, it was almost overkill. Um, and then I've kind of pulled back. So my clientele kind of shifts from week to week. Some weeks I have a lot, some weeks I don't, um, but it's not my full income. So I just look at that as play money and money I can just do extra things with. So, you got to like it. Um, It has to be sustainable. So for level up, also that business has just shifted night and day from year one, because year one, I had a mentality of this is what I'm going to make my full-time business or not only my full-time business, but my full-time job. And so I recruited hard. I mean, I recruited so hard. We had a team of 20 the very first year And in my mind, I was just thinking expansion, expansion, expansion. In my mind, I wanted to project about 40 girls my second year. So I wanted a 20-team senior, a 20-team teen. And then my second year when I did uh, two teams, I had a junior team and a senior team. And there was 10 on each team. That year, and I'm just going to be open and honest, that year I hated Level Up because I just felt... Like, I was all alone doing it um, because I was running both teams, running the finances, handling the parents, making up the choreography. And I just had this realization and this inkling of, you do not want to open up, a like, a full gym and program. That was the year that I actually realized, yes, I love dance, yes, I love my program, but you do not want to do this full time. There were just so many things I did not like about it that year, just... And it wasn't anything with the girls or, like, who I recruited. It was just the way I was running it. I just was not happy with it. And I put on a good facade about pulling it together. But I just wasn't happy um, that year running it. Um, So, I completely shifted it year three. um, And now I have somebody else coaching. And I just run the finances. And I dance on it because I want to dance. So, that's another good thing about businesses is... Um, well, not just a good thing, but a skill set you need to have is you need to be able, I'm also doing my makeup as I'm doing this. You need to be able to shift, um, and recognize when you're internally shifting and how that will externally reflect on your business. Um, cause for me, that internal shift, I felt season two when I was coaching and had two teams, I internally knew, I said, I don't want to coach two teams. Gosh, I don't even want to coach anymore right now. Um, I don't want to have a full program and those internal changes started to show on my season three team because now the program is looking how I want it to, um, with somebody else coaching with it being an older team where I don't have the parent overhead, nothing about nothing gets parents. I mean, I can handle parents, but, um, that's just an extra thing I have to do. So when I do an older team, I don't really have as much. Parent contact because they're older, so I don't really have to deal with that. It's just taking more off my plate, uh, essentially. So that's another thing. You got to be able to shift. Um, you got to recognize how your internal and your current mentality will affect your business because you are the business, you are the ship. And so, however, you're feeling mentally will reflect on your uh, business and then let me think so yeah the first thing is that you got to enjoy it it has to be something that matches you the second thing is you have to be adaptable you have to be able to shift what you're doing and then the third thing is that you need some basic financial knowledge okay um (laughs) i have a best friend and i'm not going to say her name on here but she was running if she listens, she's gonna notice her. She was running a sticker business and she sold a ton of stickers, okay, on Etsy. She was selling so many stickers. And then I asked her because I was like, dang, like, you're you're making a lot of revenue on here. Like, how much are you making off of each sticker? And she was like, 20 cents. And I was, I just thought to myself, what? You're doing what? You're spending all this time posting all these things on Etsy, spending all your time making these stickers to only make 20 cents a pop, okay? And that's because she didn't understand profit margins. You have to understand profit margins. That is the margin between what you're charging and what you're making, I do not share my margins, okay? Because a lot of people do ask me, how much money do you make from from your spare tin? Or how much money do you make from level up? I'm not going to tell you. My family knows. Other people, it's none of your business, okay? But all I can say is that I know my margins and I make money. But if you do not understand how revenues and expenses work, You will bring in $20, but spend $18 to make that $20, and then you only just made $2. So you need to look at how much your service or product brings in. So I'm just going to give an example, okay? I'm just in my room right now walking around trying to find my jeans. Okay, you got a blanket. Let's say you make some blanket, okay? And you charge $50 for the blanket. That is your revenue. The $50 is the revenue that is coming in, okay? But you spend $30 in supplies to make the blanket. So you buy the the yarn. I'm just making stuff up right now. The yarn, the patches, the sewing kit, all that jazz, okay? Your profit margin is $20, and I would have to do the math on that to see what percentage that was of a, like of a markup. But, oh, I, I can give an even better example. If you charge $60, okay, that's your rev. And then $30 is how much it costs to uh, make the blanket. You have a 100% return because it was $30 to make it and you made $60. So you made 30 bucks, you made 100% of it back, okay? But then, if you go over that, you can have like a 200% markup or a 300% markup. Ideally, the smartest thing to do is not only just to make 100% of it back, but to um, go over that and get into the 200% profit margin or 300% profit margin. And that's when, let's say you're spending $30 on something and you sell it for $100. That's when you're going up into the 200% profit margin. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about this because it's too early and I have to teach math today anyways, so I don't really want to talk about math right now. But um, yeah, so you got to understand finances too. So let me recap because I believe in the power of three. First thing, you got to enjoy it. Second thing, you got to be flexible. And third thing, you got to understand finance. So I hope if you want to be an entrepreneur, you got a little bit of something, something from that. Um, I love being an entrepreneur. It's not my full-time thing. I don't know if I ever want to be a full-time entrepreneur, honestly. But I love being an entrepreneur. Clearly, or I wouldn't be talking about it for 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, I hope you got a little something, something. And I hope you have a blessed day wherever you are listening from. And thanks for coming on Just McKenzie Thanks. Bye.